Well, good morning. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Chronicles chapter 28. Probably didn't expect that. 1 Chronicles chapter 28. Take a look at King David and Solomon. I'm giving you just a moment because you're probably going, where's that? (laughs) That's why I have a Bible with tabs on it. Yeah, handy, handy for that. Old Testament stuff, 1 Chronicles chapter 28 and... This is a point in time in David's life when he's he's older and he's getting ready to pass the throne to the next. And we know it's Solomon, okay? Did you know, though, if David could have done things his way, he would not have passed the throne on to King Solomon. He would have passed it along to Absalom, his buddy, his favorite. You see, because so many times, just like when David was selected, his father wouldn't have selected him either. Because we're reminded that God looks at the inward heart and we look at the outward appearance. And so many times God works in reverse of the way we think he ought to work. I want you to know something here this morning, that God chose each and every one of you for a purpose. And some of you are wondering what that purpose is, and I, and I get it, but until we walk in faith, it's a, it's a daily decision. It's a daily struggle. God says, I want you to take the step first. And I'll show you if you need to take another step that direction or go another direction. So many of us are willing to read God's Word and stop there. We'll see all of these things coming together, but God has chosen you not based on your ability. Listen to what I'm about to say. God has chosen you not based on your ability, but rather your availability. There's a lot of people that don't want to make themselves available. There's a lot of our people today in the streets, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our families, cooking on grills today that have decided to not even make themselves available to listen to the Word. The same word which we're told that can save you. Matter of fact, it says in James chapter 1, verse 21, you don't need to turn there. He reminds us, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Notice the word can. We're not talking about eternal salvation here because we are not saved by our works, but by the work of Jesus on the cross and Jesus' blood alone. His death, burial, resurrection is the good news of the gospel. It is the only good news of the gospel. You will hear preachers and people say, well, according to me, or I think that the gospel is really, no, no, the gospel is one thing. It's the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the good news. And he did the work. He's the one that made us righteous. And those who put their faith and trust in him and believe upon him shall not perish but have everlasting life, have eternal life forever and ever. That's a mighty long time, folks. But there are a lot of people on this very day that won't even make themselves available to hear the word, much less accept the word. I dare say that example after example in the Bible is not about the ability of the person, but their availability. Mm -hmm. God does not call the equipped. He equips the called. 
You've heard that before. He does not call the equipped. He equips the called. Boy, I could give a lot of examples of that. And perhaps you can too. Yes. I've been in many situations where I think, what should I say? How does this line up with God's word? And somehow I remember and I, I say things and then I walk away and I, I don't even know what I said. I don't remember telling that person that. And it's the Holy Spirit. It's the God working in me. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just saying that's what God does. There have been cases in your life. You've taught something, said something, preached something, done something. You don't remember you did it. And it impacted somebody's life. God works like that. God will equip you. God will make you able. God will teach you, guide you. And he loves you even in your digressions and even in our mistakes. King David, who we see in Chronicles, is nearing the end of his life. He knows this. And he's given a word by God. And he shares this word with his son Solomon. And that's where we're going to be. In verse 1 of chapter 28 of 1 Chronicles, it says this. And I'm going to quickly read this so you get the narrative. You can get the background story because I think it's important before we just jump into the verses. Context is important, right? Okay. David summoned all the officials of Israel to Jerusalem, the leaders of the tribes, the commanders of the army divisions, the other generals and captains, the overseers of the royal property and livestock, the palace officials, the mighty men, and all those brave warriors in the kingdom. David rose to his feet and said, My brothers, my people, it was my desire. Notice what he says. It was my desire to build a temple where the ark of the Lord's covenant, God's footstool, could rest permanently. David wanted to do that. Hmm. Talk about that in a minute. He says, though, I made the necessary preparations for building it, but God said to me, you must not build a temple to honor my name, for you are a warrior and have shed much blood. So David wants to build the temple, but God has said, I get it, but it's not for you. What temple are you trying to build in your life that God has that you, that you want, you want to do, you want to accomplish, you want to reach, you want to achieve, you want your name, have a plaque put on it. What, is it that, what does it look like for you in your life that you're wanting? And God has said, it's not for you. Hmm. That's a hard cross to bear sometimes. Especially when we live in a Western culture that says, me, 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 and we want the credit for everything. Yeah. The humility that King David had to take to stand in front of, listen, there, it was, gives us a description of all the mighty men, the, all the rulers. He brought them all in. He says, I just want you all to know, in the eyes and the presence of God and all these witnesses, I wanted to build a temple, but God said, no, no, no. He goes on to say, I even made preparations. I got that material sent in. I got it waiting out there in the back parking lot ready to build. God said, don't build it yet. says in verse 4 of chapter 28 of 1 Chronicles, Yet the Lord, the God of Israel, 
has chosen me from among all my father's family to be king over Israel forever. For he has chosen the tribe of Judah to rule, and from among the families of Judah he chose my family's family, my father's family. And from among my father's sons the Lord was pleased to make me king over all Israel. And from among my sons, for the Lord has given me many. Paraphrase that. He's got a lot going on. He's had a lot of blessings. If we look a little bit deeper in that, if we look a little more spiritual in that, what it really is saying is that in my line comes your Savior, Jesus. Do you realize that Jesus comes from the lineage of King David? This is serious stuff. Okay? And if David had his brothers, he'd rather give it to his other son, Absalom, but he, he ended up, he has to give this to, we'll find out here in the next verse, Solomon. It wasn't his first choice. And from among my sons, he had multiple sons, for the Lord has given me many, he says. He chose Solomon to succeed me on the throne of Israel and to rule over the Lord's kingdom. He said to me, in verse 6, Your son Solomon will build my temple and its courtyards, for I have chosen him as my son, and I will be his father. And if he continues to obey my commands and regulations, and he, as he does now, I will make his kingdom last forever. That's a foreshadowing of Jesus. I will make his kingdom last forever. Not his physical kingdom, but that kingdom which was to come through Jesus Christ. So it says, so now with God as our witness and this, in the sight of this, uh, of all Israel, the Lord's assembly, I give you this charge, King David says, be careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God so that you may continue to possess this good land and leave it to your children as a permanent inheritance. And then he turns to his son, Solomon. If he had glasses, he would take them off like I did. Son, he says, Learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Mm -hmm. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. Speaking as a father to a son, David has done this very thing. He says, I want you to do the same thing. I want you to understand to worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. Learn about him. A willing mind is very important. You see, we can read a lot about God in His Word, and we can come to church, and we can listen to the sermons, and we can do all the things. Wonderful stuff. Heard it, loved it. But at some point, you got to do it. And when I say do it, we'll see in a minute, do the work. I'm not talking about your salvation. I'm talking about those of us who are already saved. Those of us who already have the Holy Spirit. There are many times we get into church and we hear all these wonderful things and have great intentions, but we never do it. If you want to truly be blessed by God's Holy Spirit, by His presence in your life, 
Do His will. Do His work. Begin the work. You might say, well, I'm not equipped yet. I'm not, I don't have the ability. God says, I work in reverse. I will make sure you do, but I want you to take the step first. How willing are you? Some of the greatest things you can do is just take the step of faith. And King David reminds his son, he says, uh, worship him, serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. It comes down to a willingness of the mind. You already believe in your heart, congregation, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've repented of your sin, turn to Him for salvation through God's blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. He has made you righteous. He has made you whole so that we now can approach the throne room. We can now have a relationship with God. Now He says, don't just sit on your laurels. Don't just sit in church every Sunday and read my word. That's good and all. That's good and all. Matter of fact, he tells us in James, don't just hear the word. Don't just listen to the word. But do the word. The whole book of James is about <coughs> faith without works. He says, is it true faith? And there's been for years and years and years, decades and decades, and people arguing, are we saved by works? Are we saved by Jesus? I mean, what is, what is the book of James talking about? Well, it's not talking about, it's not talking about salvation. It's talking about post-salvation. He says, listen, you, you, you want to be a witness for other people. Then don't just read my words, go out and do it. Don't just listen to the pastor, go out and do it. Don't just listen to the words. Don't just sing the songs. Don't just talk about it. But at some point in time, you've got to do it. And when you do it is when you get blessed. When you do it is when you get the ability. When you do it is when you grow. I'll give me some examples here in a moment. He says, have a whole heart and a willing mind. And listen to this. Next verse. This is verse, second part of verse 9 in First Chronicles chapter 28, and I'm staying in, in First Chronicles chapter 28. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. Whew, there you go. <laughs> For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him. Some people just can't accept that. How can God know my every thought? I don't know. I can't even make a, a tomato seed. I got tomato plants growing like crazy out of my house, planted all that stuff. And it's a blessing just to be able to buy a pack of the seed or to buy a, a, a starter plant because we can't make it. You, 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 I wish you could feel the joy that I have for the, the things that God has given us and created for us that we just take for granted. You can't even make a seed. You look at these trees. Oh, they're so simplistic. Well, make me a tree. There's trillions of them on this planet. You and I can't make a single one. Yet we look at them and go, huh. Well, I wonder if God exists. Give me a break. Come on. God is so real. He's right in your face every single day. He made you in His image. You are, we are so complex compared to a tree. And yet we can't even begin to make a tree 
or a bird or a squirrel. I know it sounds silly, but I got in my truck this morning, and every morning there's two or three squirrels, and I, hey, little squirrels, hey, Mr. Squirrel. Oh, I just, it's just a respect for God's creation, right? All of it. It says in verse 10, so, take this seriously. Hmm. Listen, the Lord has chosen you to build a temple as his sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. Let's tear that down. So take this seriously. The Lord has, number one, chosen you. Not as the only has he chosen me, he's chosen you. Listen, there's a, there's a lot of things in God's realm that I don't understand. There's a lot of things in the Bible I don't understand, I can't explain, okay? I don't know about the future. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen in the next few minutes. But one thing I know for sure is that I am chosen by him. You are chosen by him. And you need to rest in that and know that as a fact. Not just know it, but receive it into your heart and know that you are a child of God. God has created all human beings, all of creation, and he's created humans special in his image, even above the angels. And he has said, I have given you my one and only son. I love you so much. Put your faith and trust in him and you shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Few will find it because few will really receive that and, and, and accept that. And I hope that you do. And he's speaking to those people. I'm speaking to those, I'm speaking to those who are saved, those who are born again Christians, those who have given their life to Christ. When I say he's encouraging us, he says, take it seriously. God has chosen you. Who's the temple today? He's challenging Solomon with building a physical temple. But of all the places that God could have chosen to live in the universe, what did he do? He says, in three days I shall rebuild this temple. And they looked at him and said, what do you mean? Because we have become the holy temple all the beautiful places that God could have chosen to live, He chose you. He chose this body. What? He sent us His Holy Spirit to reside in us that when we receive Him at that moment, you're transformed. But many of us live like, no, I'm just waiting to die. What does King David tell his son? Do the work. You see, God chose you, and maybe you don't have the ability. Maybe you're not an expert in that area, but before the foundation of the world, he chose you and called you, and by golly, he will prepare you for something you don't even know yet. See, he calls us, and then he equips us. A lot of people live their lives in the world in which we live today, and you know them as well as I do. Listen to what I'm about to say. It's important. Wake up, okay? When I get this done, I'll go to church. When I have this happen, I will go to church. When, when, I, when I get this home, when I have this family, when I, re, when I receive this education, I will receive God. When I understand 
this about science, I'll receive God. When this, when the next thing you know, they're hit by a bus and they had all the opportunities in the world and they never received God. We too many times have the mindset that I've got to be prepared before I can enter into his glory. I've got to do something. I've got to clean up my life before I can be a Christian. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. God says, come as you are. In all your failings and all your miserableness and all your sin, come to me as you are. I will run to you. I will meet you. I will bring you into my house. I will clothe you in righteousness. I will put uh, sandals on your feet. I will put a ring on your hand. Feed you. Clean you up. You will dine with me at my table. But I'm not, I'm not ready. No, you're right. Nobody's ready. That's the point. Nobody will ever be ready. Nobody will ever be equipped because God does the calling and God does the equipping. He says, when you become into my, my coming, my kingdom, it's at that moment you begin to change. You don't change to please God, but you please God by changing. You come to a relationship with Him and as a result of the love that He's emulated to you, you begin to understand the scope of that love, that agape love, that love is unconditional and naturally you begin to want to be more like Christ. So if somebody says to you, well, you know, I've got to give up my drinking habit before I come to the Lord. Say, no, no. You can be an alcoholic and come to Jesus. Well, I've got to stop smoking pot before I come to Jesus. No, you don't. You can come to Jesus and be a high pothead. Well, I've got to give up my meth habit before I, before I come to Jesus. And some of you are sitting right there going, you know what, I don't have any of them kind of habits. I don't have any addictions. If I started with the letter A and went to Z, I would hit on an addiction you had. All right? Let's just start with C, conceitedness. You're addicted to conceit. You're addicted to yourself. Oh, maybe, maybe you're not conceited, but when I get to the letter P, guess what? You're addicted to pride. It doesn't take long to figure out we all have addictions. And if we try to get ourselves lined out and then come to God, it ain't ever going to happen. We're whitewashed tombs. We're not. It's, it's not one on the outside because the, we read already. We, as human beings, look at the outside. That's how we judge people. That's how we criticize people. That's how we view people, generally speaking. God says, no, no, no. I look at the inside. I look at the inside. Because you see all those potheads and meth heads and alcoholics and people have their addictions, wife beaters, thieves, criminals. When they receive Jesus, guess what happens? Guess what happens? Now, now you begin to have a desire to give up those things. Now you want to be more like him. It's called sanctification. We begin to behave and act and think more like Jesus. Will we ever be Him? No, not until we're glorified. Will we be <clears throat> able to be an actual presence of God when we die and pass from this body to the next? But God is working continually in your life. God works in reverse. You say, I've got to do this. I've got to be equipped. I've got to be cleaned up. I've got to be non-addicted. I've got to be married. I've got to not have this divorce. I can't have this debt. I can't have this. I can't do that. God says, just do the work. And the rest will come. That's what he says. He says, 
be strong and do the work. Now, we look at that like this. I got to be strong in the Lord and then I can do the work. No, he says, listen, do the work and you'll be strong. Take a step of faith. He's not saying to be strong first. He's saying, like in the book of James, faith without works is dead. He says, take that step of faith and you become strong because if you wait till you're strong, you're never going to get it. I could look at Sports Illustrated magazine or Men's Health and Fitness magazine and look to see, well, I want to have biceps like that guy. And then I look at the, what he's lifting. I go, he's lifting 10 times my weight. That's a lot of, I ain't going to ever be able to do that. I'll never, I'll never be like him and I just give it up. I shut down. And if you really knew the righteousness of God, the holiness of God, the divinity of God, the glory of God, and you said, I've got I to be, be more like God before I come to God, you're never going to get there. You're going to shut it down. Because you're never going to get there. There's always a gap. We all fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short of His righteousness expectation. We have all sinned and fall short. Book of Romans tells us this time and time and time again. So, for those of us who are saved, we give our life to Christ. How do we grow spiritually? How do we become closer to Him? Because whether you want to admit it or not, okay, there are times when we're just not walking with the Lord. Even your pastor. Sometimes I just don't feel as close to Him as I, I should. Well, you know, when I feel closer, I'll start walking closer to Him. No, no, it doesn't work that way. It works in reverse. It works just the opposite. Come to Him in your pain. Come to Him in your valley. Come to Him in your sickness. Come to Him in your starvation. Come to Him in your depravity, whatever it is. He says, take that step first. Take that step first, and I will make you strong. And the stronger you get, the more you want to be with Him. And the more you want to be with Him, the stronger you get. And the stronger you get, the more you want to do for Him. And the more you do for Him, the stronger you get. See how it works? That's why King David, in his elderly years, wrote so many passages of Scripture, wrote so many psalms. and He says to his son, take this seriously. The Lord has chosen you. Be strong and do the work. I love that. And lastly, let's jump down to verse 20. Yeah, verse 20 of that same chapter. 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 20. Then David continued. Here it is again. Be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Solomon had been chosen. David had prepared and desired that God said, I have chosen Solomon to build my temple. I have already Prepared the materials, prepared his way. And Psalm's thinking, I, I don't have, I'm not the one that I, I wasn't planning on. I thought Absalom was going to get it. You know, why me? And, and so God works in reverse. He's like, I have chosen you. And I will equip you. But he's chosen every one of us, every one of you, for something. For something. And you got a choice. You say, what, what is the choice? Chose me to do it. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait to move until I know what it is. You can't. You got to move. Because it's through doing work, living your life, being kind, being loving, doing all the things the Bible commands us to do, being Christ like 
in that work, in that work, we're not saved, but in that work we grow in Christ. Make sense? In that work we're not saved, but in that work we grow and be more like Christ. We're blessed by God. We're blessed by the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit makes it evident in our lives and we become a huge witness and testimony to everybody around us. And sometimes you don't even have to say a word. It's just you live the life. People go, that's Christian. There it is. There you go, right there. I see that. Jesus in the flesh, right there. I didn't know who Jesus was, but I looked at him. And we've got to be careful with that, right? Because all of us fall short of the glory of God. Don't look to me. Don't worship me. I will fail you, right? Don't look to human beings. Because every single human being will disappoint another human being at some point in time. But Jesus will not. Jesus will not disappoint you. He's prepared you. He's called you. He's chosen you. Not just to be saved, but to work for his glory. And that everything we do should be to the glory of the Lord. Amen? Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for your fiery words that we have in the Old Testament. So much truth. So many things to be uncovered and discussed, Lord. But the simplicity of it is do the work. We're to take it seriously, not works unto salvation, but works unto righteousness, that we would just be closer to you. Yeah. I know, Lord, when I'm doing the things that you call me to do, boy, I feel so close to you. And, and, and likewise, when I, when I know I'm not, you feel far away. You've called us. You've chosen us. We need to be strong and trust Lord, we just thank you for our faith. Faith the size of a mustard seed. Lord, we just thank you, and I just pray if there's anybody here today that doesn't know you, that they would. They'd turn to you and not just have a, a mind game about it, but would understand in their brain, and it would move to their heart, and they would receive you with all their love to truly be saved and walk in righteousness with your son, Jesus. Thank you for what he did. Lord, and on this Memorial Day weekend, we want to thank you for all the lives that have shed blood for us, for this country. And again, not overlooking the fact that the blood shed on the cross is the most important. We thank you for your son, Jesus, and in his holy name we pray, and the congregation says, Amen. Amen. All right. If you'll join me uh, in our last song, our benediction will be page uh, 434 of our hymnals. Page 434.